As a free, not-for-profit service, Cradio requires the support of people like you to help keep us going in our mission. To donate, visit cradio.org.au slash donate. Outreach to the highways and byways. An interview with Fiona Basili. Hi, so I'm joined today by Fiona Basile. Thank you for joining me. You're very welcome. It's great to be here. So you're here with the highways and byways movement, which is actually interestingly something somewhat, I guess, well, I don't want to say close to my heart because it sounds a little bit, but um, within my interest because Cradio recently moved down to Tasmania and I discovered this, there's this community that started down there and... This community has now sort of given birth to, to this movement, is that correct? That is Do you correct. Tell me a little bit about that. Yes. So, the Missionary Sisters of Service are an order of Australian women founded in the 1940s by Father John Corcoran Wallace. So, in a couple of years, they'll be celebrating their 75th anniversary. And the beautiful thing about the Missionary Sisters of Service is that they're very um, good at being attuned to the times and you know, being practical and thinking to the future. So some years ago, they established the John Wallace Foundation in order to carry on the work of the sisters. And the foundation provides grants to those communities that are servicing rural and remote areas of Australia. But a question was asked of them recently, you know, now that the sisters are getting amongst their Mm. older years, you know, if if a new um, charism or if a new expression of their work was to be birthed, what might that look like? And so, as the sisters do, they put things into action and, yeah, they are thinking about the highways and byways movement. So, a collective of people who are touched by the vision and the mission of the sisters and who would like to live that in their everyday life. So, the motto of the highways and byways people is attuned to the times, walking with people, building communities of meaning and belonging wherever we are in whatever we do. So I suppose that's a little bit different to perhaps their earlier years where they were sent out into the highways and byways of Australia, you know, back out into the outback and rural and regional areas. Now the highways and byways, you know, it could be a neighbour. It Mm. could be someone in our family. Mm. It could be someone at our work. Yeah, the highways and byways movement is really looking at how can we be a people of, you know, Christ, where we are in what we're doing and, you know, building that community of friendship and hope and gratitude. Yeah, so we'll see. We're we're birthing here and I'm helping the sisters to do that. (laughs) Yeah. I guess how has that that been uh, lived out practically thus far and, and what are the plans for the near future? Yeah, so thus far, really, we are here at the festival Um, asking the young people, you know, what are your hopes and dreams? What's important to you? If a new movement was to start, what would it need to consider? Um, Where do you find meaning in your life? And I think that's really one of the beauties of the Missionary Sisters of Service. They are open to the Holy Spirit. They know they want their charism to carry on, but they're tuning into the times. They're on the ground here at the festival asking the questions seeing how that might work practically. And I suppose one example might be is I met the Missionary Sisters last year when I was actually hired to document their history, taking Mm. photos and um, interviewing them. And I was really captured by their stories and their vision and their practical way of loving, you know, in those outback homes, helping the mums and the families, you know, pulling their sleeves up and you know, helping wash the dishes or bathing the children or 
um, preparing the children for the sacraments. So in some ways I have kept on with the sisters and, and now with this new Highways and Byways movement, I was recently overseas for a funeral and I was sitting with the wife of a man who had passed away, somebody dear to me. I had nowhere else to be. I was there simply in her presence and the whole time I was thinking, I'm living the highways and byways vision. Mm. I'm here being present, just loving. I'm sitting at the kitchen table and I'm just talking. And my prayer was, Lord, you know, make me a channel for your peace, for your yeah. love, for your comfort. Here I am in Sweden and I'm living the highways and byways vision. So I suppose that's one practical thing. You know, the world is big and yet we're so interconnected. And so we can live this highways and byways vision and mission where we are in whatever we're doing. How we bring that all together for now, you know, it's going to be through social media. We've got a Facebook page, Highways and Byways Movement. We're on Twitter. We have the website, um, Highways and Byways. But we're really in that birthing stage where we're, you know, seeing what that might look like and Mm. um, hopefully that will come through, you know, the Holy Spirit and through a bit of testing and talking and, yeah, openness, I suppose. Yeah. But we can live it where we are in what we're doing. If we keep yeah. Christ at the centre and that, that real spirit of going out into the highways and byways, wherever that might be, and being that presence of God's love and his mercy and friendship, then then I think we're living it. Yeah. Yeah. It's something, I guess, that with any charism, you know, that it's not meant to just be for... I guess for those who are directly, you know, say for example, that with the sisters, the consecrated religious sisters, um, that it's meant to be something that's fruitful for the church. Do you think that that's, um, I guess, what's happening here with the highways and byways movement is that it's it's a way that that charism uh, of that community, you know, what's that, 75 years ago that was given birth to, the new way that that is being flowed out into the church and bearing fruit there? Yes, I do. I do think that's very true. I mean... The Missionary Sisters of Service are loved across Australia. They have been in so many homes in rural and outback Australia, um, you know, Tasmania, South Australia, Queensland, New South Wales. So they're very well known and loved. They've got lots of friends. So this Highways and Byways movement is a way of keeping those who have already connected with the sisters and with their work and vision connected, but also to extend that outreach and to keep that bond together. So you're right, who knows how the Holy Spirit works? And we both need to be flexible, but also, I suppose, put a little bit of language around it or a bit of structure around it. But at this stage, we want to be open to what the Holy Spirit is calling us to do. We're grateful to the Missionary Sisters of Service and to Father John um, Wallace, you know, we want to carry that work. And look, I'm already saying we. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. mean, that just happens. Yeah. But, you know, it's our way of, I suppose, honouring and carrying forward that beautiful work of Father mm. John, of the Missionary Sisters of Service, the John Wallace Foundation, and now this group perhaps of lay people who are going to carry forward that spirit and that work of going out into the highways and byways, whether it's geographical or whether it's in our homes or in our neighbourhoods or in our social encounters. Yeah, yeah. I want to sort of change tack to the moment because you're, you're a woman of many things at the moment and you were talking about, I guess, being open there. So when you're open, you know, God calls you in many different directions, um, always for his glory. But one of them is a book that you wrote somewhat recently. Do you want to tell me about that and how that came about? Yes, I have written a book called Shh, God is in the Silence. 
There's and not a lot of silence here at no, the moment. No, there's certainly not a lot of silence here, but there is definitely a place for silence. Um, I was on a 28-day silent retreat with a, a Jesuit community in Malta in October and November of 2005, and I can say that in that silence, the Holy Spirit was able to work through me, and I was given beautiful words to write a children's book, and... It has been wonderful. Uh, the fruits of this book uh, constantly are coming. I- I'm lucky that I can see the fruits. People email me or write to me or uh, let me know. But there seems to be a real hunger for recognizing silence as a prayer and for giving children an opportunity to understand that we can find God in the silence, that mm. God lives in our hearts, that God loves us. We are precious. There's no one else like us, that he created us and that we are his. You know, words like that. And, um, yeah, and it's just taken off, which is wonderful. There's a publishing company in the U.S., Loyola Press, who have now taken it on board. So that's really wonderful. But now they'd like me to write more books. Wow. So maybe I need to go on another 28-day <laughs> silent retreat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So if anyone's got any ideas... That would be really, really great. Yeah. Oh, so, wonderful. no, I'm really grateful for that. Yeah. It's quite beautiful. And what, what exactly prompted you? Because, I mean, I've heard, like, it's something, I guess, that has come up somewhat recently, this whole concept of that sometimes we underestimate the capability of children being able to get stuff like this, get silence, be able to, to understand sort of transcendent things. Mm. What was it, though, in particular, if you don't mind sharing, because it was on a 28-day silent retreat, so I don't know what the process was, but what exactly was it that inspired you to write for children in particular? Well, again, look, I can't say that I entered into that 28-day silent retreat thinking that I would write a book. Mm. I didn't because um, I went into that 28-day silent retreat with a prayer which comes from Henry Nguyen's book, Return of the Prodigal Son, And it goes something like this. I lay my head on the chest of the father and only when I hear his heartbeat or his voice speaking to me, then will I speak or will I respond. And so my intent was to just spend quality time with God, the loving father. To be honest, I didn't know what to expect from a 20-day silent retreat. I just knew that it was a gift from God. I mean, who can take 28 days (laughs) of silence and... You know, I'm a photojournalist. I'm involved in a lot of things. It was a gift. It just was a culmination of many things that came together and I had an opportunity to do this. So um, by about day 26, every day I was writing and journaling. So I've still got those pages in my journal where in the middle of the night I woke up and these words were, you know, on my mind. And I wrote a few variations, and the first variations were, in the silence you will hear God speaking, and he will say these things very longhand. And I would write a few pages, and then they weren't quite right. And I kept going until I had written pretty much what you see in the book. And then I went to sleep, and I thought, right, there you go, Holy Spirit, you're done, fine, good, I want to go back to sleep now. And so the next day I woke up and I saw the words, and I suppose what came out in the spiritual direction over those 28 days is my imagination and a love for children and a playfulness. And, yeah, I I also, another fruit of the 28-day silent retreat was to do catechesis of the Good Shepherd, which is a beautiful way of 
It's actually what I had in mind when I was asking that question. I'd I'd only heard about it in recent years. I'd only heard about it. I'd had people ask me if I'd be interested to um, be one of the catechists. And I'd always put it off and thought, no, no, no. But that was another theme that was coming through the spiritual exercises. Just, I suppose, my imagination and my creativity. And I do love children. I don't have children. But, you know, I've got beautiful nephews and I, I do love being with children. So I also undertook catechesis of the Good Shepherd training. And the beautiful thing is the first part of that training is for three to six-year-olds. And that was exactly the age range for my book. So I came back to Australia. I wrote the book. I published it with help from many people, you know, an editor, Mm. a graphic designer. I tested it on mums, had a printer here in Melbourne. And I wanted to do it all locally as well. I got everybody in Melbourne local supplies, which was great. And then I trained in Catechesis of the Good Shepherd. So I think the Lord is really trying to work in me in terms of um, that joy for children and creativity and inspiration. And, yeah, we'll see what comes. Yeah. Yeah, children are beautiful and they are so receptive to God, to the wonder of God. I see it now in Catechesis of the Good Shepherd and I see it in their response to the book. You know, the quiet, gentle, repetitive nature of the words of the book, you know, they really respond, really respond. So I I really, I endorse Catechesis of the Good Shepherd. I wish it was in every, gosh, school across Australia, across the world. I wished I had that opportunity when I was growing up. And I suppose that's the thing with the book too. I wished I had beautiful children's books to read when I was little. I don't have any recollection of reading books when I was little. No offence, mum and dad. (laughs) You did a great job. (laughs) Yeah, that's beautiful. So thank you very much, Fiona, for joining me and for coming down here to speak about two seemingly different things, but in some way, you know, that they're both fruits of... Well, God is the key. I mean, that's the connecting thing. That's the same in all of it. You know, we do it for him and we do it because of him and... Because, thank God, we're filled with his love and yeah, joy. And, yeah. God, we're better than the Australian Catholic Youth Festival. <laughs> so great here. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you once again for joining me. And God bless in your endeavours. Thank you. That was Fiona Basili with Outreach to the Highways and Byways. For more interviews, talks and shows, visit cradio.org.au.